0: Brian Nickers. Bernard pulls the trigger. And This is a brand. Nickers is a brand.
1: Allen Houston. Nickers is going to Once the neck, goal, it's the net. Get it tested. Pushed up the three. One
0: goal. Rebound. Rebound.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Nickish Show. Last week's episode, if you had a chance to take a look at it, was a bit of a somber episode with it being a Kobe Day episode. And we're following up with basically another one of a somber episode, but we're going to try to keep it light. Here with my man Nafi, and bro, it's no no easy no easy way to say it. In the last 10 days, so much shit's happened that's, that really you can't help but just let it bum you out.
0: Yeah, but you know, to quote um Trill Withers of the former mixtape podcast, he'd be the one to say that the fun levels are very fucking low right now. Um, so yeah, life hasn't exactly it hasn't exactly been fun, rather. But yeah, we gotta push on. Um, I guess out the way or right out the gate, we gotta say rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman, obviously. The Black Panther. Um, Yes, sir, rest in peace, John Thompson and um just those two names right there carry a lot of weight in both their respective professions and uh industries you know both basketball and the world of acting um yeah I mean that's that's a a crazy pair of names right there that we lost so like a lot of prayers out to their families well wishes to them and just yo rest in peace you know I mean any thoughts yeah I mean Chad just lost
1: yeah, Chadwick's one really caught me by surprise. I truly don't know how many people knew that he he had cancer and the fact that he kept it together, did. the fact that he kept it together for for so many years and was able to do such a fucking amazing job as the Black Panther, as Jackie Robinson and um you know, the other movies that he was able to to do such a great job in the last few years. It's a testament to how amazing of an actor and how just how diligent he was able to work and how much of an inspiration he's been to so many kids, to so many people of color. And, you know, it, it really sucks to see a hero for so many young kids just pass away like that. So suddenly. And, you know, a, a lot of the videos have been coming up on Twitter and Instagram and other social media of the way Chadwick was as a person. And you see how he's spend so much time with terminally ill kids and term and, you know other cancer patients and the fact that he was going through the same struggle but was doing his best to put a smile on their face just you know just kills you and i think there's there was one story in particular that he mentioned that you know really hit home for not hit home but like it hit pretty hard he was talking about these kids who he was talking to and what they were trying to do was just to hold up until black panther came out and that's that's all they wanted to do was just try their best to to hold on. I think there were two kids in particular and they couldn't do it, and you know he was saying yeah. it during an interview with with his cast members for Black Panther, and he he bro- he broke out crying from that. And you know th- things like that just puts things back into perspective, um, about how we should treat others. You know during the slam dunk Thanks. contest, obviously he didn't look so good, and too many people were just clowning him about the way he looked and. The fact that he didn't he didn't look like his usual self, and little yeah. did anyone know that he was actually
0: dying, right? Yeah, so I mean, yeah. the cliche is, like, to be kind to someone, but, like, even then, it's, like, everybody, you know, will get jokes off. I mean, that's the nature of social media, but it was just, like, that was fucked up when it did come out where he looked sickly, you know what I mean? Even if, like, at that point, you didn't know that he was sick, I was just, like, oh, he looks sick as fuck, like, I hope he's not, you know, like... Because he did, like, there was a picture, like, not even, like, him at the slam dunk contest. It was, like, I think it was just, like, a picture of him, like, he posted on Instagram where he just looked kind of skinny. And, like, I think he got to the point where he he got comments were so fucking disgusting and bad, he had to shut off, like, all comments and shit, you know what I mean, on all his social media Mm -hmm. pages. Mm -hmm. This is Chadwick Boseman, not, like, some random preteen influencer, you know what I mean? Like, it got that bad for him, and, like, little did we know, he was really fighting for his life. So, I mean at this point, I feel like it's a disservice to his legacy to even spend more than a few more breaths even talking about those kind of people, you know, like, really what it is to be be said is he was just, like, me personally, I wasn't, I I was aware of how great his acting expertise was, but, you know, at that point, I didn't see many of his movies, but I was aware of the type of roles he was taking on, you know, like you said, Jackie Robinson, uh, Thurgood Marshall is one of them, James Brown, like, he and he acted his ass out for all those movies, like, you know, like, he got plaudits, awards, and all that. So, when he came into my purview, was obviously in the Marvel realm, where he just brought that character of Black Panther, to to life, and acting is an art form and a skill, and he was a master at it, you know what I mean? And from all accounts, from all these people that personally work with him, or, like, associate with him, the man was a, a saint, and also a willing and, like, giving mentor to all of them, you know? And, yeah. It's just, yeah. like, tragic to kind of soul we seem to have lost, you know? Yeah. So, and not even seem to have. Like, we lost him and, yeah. To Crazy.
1: even a certain extent, it might it, it, I think it's even a disservice to talk about how he died from cancer. And even though we were just talking about it right now, but if it yeah. becomes a focal point that he was able to do this acting even though he had cancer, we start to focus more on the fact that he had a quote-unquote disability and was able to work through it rather than the yeah. actual work. Yeah and inspiration he led to and there's like sort of a like a disabled i saw it online someone you know referenced it as a disabled porn kind of thing disabled porn ins- inspiration where people yeah, yeah where people look at other people who are struggling for xyz reasons and look at it as a form of inspiration rather than focus on what they're actually doing that's amazing now you know for chadwick as you mentioned, he he did a an amazing job as as an artist, as an actor, and like shoot, he was supposed to be big time for the next decade as a Black Panther. They were supposed to take on the lead role after Captain America and
0: Iron Man were out. So it it My really man, sucks to see. I was looking see. forward to that so bad, bro. He was gonna put that franchise on its on his back, you know. What mean? Yeah. And you know he would have carried that load with ease, just like giving yeah. off what we're what's coming on in the last couple of days since since his untimely passing, like. He was built to, like, be a legend that he actually was. Like, he he was built for it. He worked his way up. Like, I even saw pictures of him, like, on the Howard University campus. Like, young T'Challa, young Chadwick, you know? Uh, Like, and then you see, like, to your point, just, like, you see all these videos on social media of, like, just, like, the effect he had of, like, on young black kids to see that representation. Like, he was their hero, you know? And that's a beautiful thing. And it's just like i just know like i just hope personally they just leave the legacy of that character black panther alone like we don't need to replace him. like yo, mm-hmm. just that's obviously that's like super small potatoes compared to what we're talking about right now we're talking about chadwick's legacy that's just that's just a marvel fan in me but i don't know man he just he brought that role to life and the way he did it was an art form you know like mm-hmm. it, it was art in in living color and tragedy bro you know and yeah th- yeah i don't know if you want to touch on john thompson like next you know like
1: yeah i mean john thompson for those who <clears> don't know he was a coach head coach of georgetown university for so many years and he inspired and worked with so many superstar players including uh patrick ewing and Allen iverson um you know before we started nafi you're telling me a story about john thompson <laughs> and what he was able to do for his players and I I never heard that story before, so why don't you why do share for us? I'll listeners. read the
0: the quote right now, if you don't mind my little dictation. I yeah, mean, go for it. So this is a a tweet from Robert Klemko of I believe it's Sports Illustrated. Oh no, he's the Wash he's at the Washington Post now. Good writer, good uh, football writer. Uh, he tweeted a story that has stuck with me for years. John Thompson once invited a drug kingpin responsible for dozens of murders into his office. To extro him for befriending Georgetown players, basically to shit on him for <laughs> to <laughs> uh, is is what the context clues are telling me, and the quote is um let's see let's see okay so what happened is Thompson invited Edmund, um that's drug pin fin, drug kingpin raffle Edmund III third. Thompson invited Edmund to his office and lit into him. He told the drug dealer to stay away from his players or suffer the consequences. Edmund, it was said, never associated with a Georgetown player ever again. Soon after, he was sentenced to life in prison without parole. That's about how it went down, Duran said. Everybody remembers the day Rayful went into Coach's office. That's crazy, bro. He looked the kingpin in the eye and said, like, yo, get the fuck out of my face. Don't touch my players ever again. <laughs> the man was known as, like, that booming figure, you know what I mean? Like, And the way, uh, like, apparent, like, Allen Iverson's flat-out said it. He, John Thompson saved his life, you know, in more, they, more ways than one as a mentor. So rest in peace to him, like a legendary figure in basketball. And we're a Hoops podcast, so, yeah, we had to give him the proper respect mm-hmm. that he's due. Absolutely, and you see players left and
1: right posting about how much respect they had for him and how much they learned from him over the years, so lots of respect to John Thompson, rest in peace. Um, You know, I, I want to go back a little bit to Chadwick, and we, you, you you touched on how he was an inspiration to black kids, or young black kids, and he was basically a hero figure to them, and in a year where we lost the Black Panther and the Black Mamba it has to be tough for, for these young black kids and even people of color, including you and I, uh, to lose figures like that who draw so much inspiration. And especially for young black kids, what we see going on in 2020, it has to be tough. And we have to talk about what happened just a week ago in in Kenosha, Wisconsin, to Jacob Blake. And what happened to him led on to a series of other events that we're going to touch up on. So... Jacob Blake, at this point, another innocent man who was unfortunately shot and almost killed by the police, and you know, for for these kind of things, it's so difficult to really speak on. Wait, wait,
0: he he wasn't killed though. He got uh... he wasn't killed. No, times. no, no, he wasn't yeah. killed. Gotcha. I'm I heard sorry. You say did killed. I say? Did I say he was killed? I said, yeah, he said shot and killed. Yeah. I'm sorry. I. I thought I said almost thankfully 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 he, thankfully he like, was the, not killed the big and man upstairs was out there looking out for him cuz seven shots and he lived like goddamn it yep. would have been another statistic like yo exactly and this is one of those
1: unique time this is this is a unique time when we're mentioning a name of someone who wasn't actually killed by the police but was still shot and almost killed now for Jacob Blake it happened at a time when we, we saw the George Floyd protests and all the police brutality protests back in July and June.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I'm but they're still going this on, going. by the way. And just because so, the mainstream media don't cover it, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Just because the mainstream media don't cover it, you know, they don't want to, to show it, you know, that doesn't right. mean it's not happening. Just go on your local Twitter account, you know? Yeah. But yeah. And yeah, the NBA yeah. the
1: NBA restart, a lot of players were hesitant about going back to play basketball because they, they thought it might take away from the actual social injustices and the issues that people of their own skin color are facing now for 400 years and still going on today and they're still not getting the justice that they deserve. So what the owners did, what the NBA ended up doing was writing Black Lives Matters, writing some nice messages, letting the players add <laughs> on some messages on their jerseys, but you know, at at some point, you know, these things yeah, you, you have to start to question how effective these methods are and what happened after the Jacob Blake shooting, um, the NBA decided to do their own form of a boycott, starting with the Milwaukee Bucks, and they decided not to play that game. And instead of accepting a forfeit, the Magic also didn't play that game. And then other teams started to take on the same method or go on the same road as the Bucks and the Magic. You see, you saw MLB games get canceled or postponed because players didn't want to play We saw the same thing for other sports like soccer and tennis. And it was a powerful message and I thought that it was going to lead to the start of something historic. And the fact that it happened itself was historic. The last time it happened was in the 60s with Bill Russell. And you know at that point in time, people were paying attention. Owners were paying attention because once the players don't play, the money doesn't flow in and once you go for their pocket, they listen. And it reached it you didn't really know exactly what the NBA players were demanding because these are all closed-door meetings but this happened on I believe Wednesday at this point last Wednesday August whatever it was the 26 I think and by Friday two days later they're back to playing games LeBron who had originally said he doesn't want to play decided to play and the Clippers who weren't going to play decided to play and You know, us personally, we can't talk about we don't we don't we can't talk for other people on how their incomes are needed. Players need their money; they support their families, they support other you know their their relatives, their family. They have to take care of more than just their own. So, for that fact, I understand. But I have to say, it was disappointing to see that the players decided to halt the boycott or. Some people call it a wildcat strike. We're not going to get too much into
0: the semantics of what it really is or called. I mean, I don't even think it's semantics. It's like words have meanings. So like a boycott is like a consumer, you know, not buying a product anymore. Yes. It was a work stoppage. If we're going to keep it, keep it 100. But yeah, a work stoppage, continue. right? And yeah,
1: but because people were calling a boycott, we'll call it. We'll just continue going with what NBA analysts were calling it, and we'll just continue going with that. We'll just call it the boycott.
0: I mean. That's like the, what Trump's doing with the scientists. Like, yeah, the scientists know the know the exact terminology and know the facts. But <laughs> all we'll, right, fine. We'll, we'll, we'll say the virus is done. I'm just saying, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm an English major, bro. I've been taught words have meanings. So, <laughs> I mean, all right. I'm just fucking with you, bro. It's a work stop. Work stop. You know? But like fine. much respect that I even got to that point. You right. Know? Like, no. Four years ago it was radical that like Cap was fucking sitting down during a fucking anthem, you know? So like to see this at this stage, like props to that they even got that far, you know. But I share I do share that disappointment you had. Like I did want to see it like take 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 it to another level, like in terms of all right, fuck it, let's just like cancel the whole playoffs, you know what I mean? Like why are you going for two
1: days, you know? It's like if you decided to band together and make and start that big of a message and you have that momentum that you built that other sports are taking on and are adopting and doing the same thing why would you stop the momentum after two days why don't you go for two weeks why don't you have more demands and try to see it pull through for or see the owners actually try to pull through for you because they will at a point have to adhere to some foreign demands that you have and there's no way that within two days all demands were met because we didn't see many results the only result we really saw was that stadiums were opening up their stadiums for voting come November for the election and apart from that and it, there weren't any major things that you
0: that I really noticed at least yeah and then like the thing about it is like I saw like you know reports come out just like reporters having like different perspectives sourced pers- perspectives of what went down when the players were in their meeting you know um, from all uh, accounts it seems like the the players were pissed with the bucks at first for making such a drastic decision without consulting the whole union and that's you know i'm i'm not in the shoes but um i did hear like on the night of that meeting lebron and the clippers obviously that was the major uh news lakers and clippers walked out of the meeting and said they're not going to play anymore you know what i mean i gave them props for even going that far but then the word was that like you know lebron uh, heard from union officials players unions officials that were saying you know like hey a lot of you superstars can afford, like, to walk out and not, you know, play. But there are a lot of players that, like, need to support many family members that aren't making nearly one-tenth of what you're making, you know, basically. So I guess in that perspective, it makes sense because, like, you know, yeah, there could be players that, like, do feel the same in the cause, and how can they not, you know? Obviously, the league that the NBA is, it's, like, 99% black players. But, you know, a lot of times they could be like, okay, we – we can't really afford to stop playing because I got to put food on the table and like, yeah, we have this glamorized version of what an athlete is, but yo, there are some athletes that are just living paycheck to paycheck almost as odd as it is, as that is to say, but yeah.
1: yeah. And it's known that a lot of young players just aren't good with their finances as, you know, as, as expected, they're eight, they're 19, 20 year olds making millions of dollars and aren't taught how they should be managing their, their money. That's, I mean, I, I agree 100%. You know, I, I understand that factor. No, I mean, that's I feel, the only factor. You, like, that's the only yeah. factor that I can understand why they'd want to go back to playing. But you, you'd you figure that. That yeah, was some
0: bullshit, bro. Like, you guys went back to work, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and like oh, LeBron made a call to Obama. Like, uh, I saw a tweet that like, oh, wow, Obama shut down a radical movement. And how surprising. I mean. Or something pff. along those lines. I was like, pff, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 I mean, I. Call a spade or spade. <laughs>
1: We won't even get to Obama at this point. I I, I was tight <laughs> that they reached out to him for, for this shit. But, sure you know, that being said, dirty, like, man. Come on you, you would hope that with this demand and a couple of more days or even a week of not playing, that superstar players might try to support those who make less than they do. Or if not the players, maybe the owners. They could they could work together. They could have their demands, and they could be like, we're not going to play, but you're going to pay these guys X amount of dollars, but we, you also need to support us for these circumstances because you build that momentum and then you just killed it. And it was, it was a total bluff move at this point. And it's like, how, what, when's the next opportunity you're going to get to make an impact as big as that? And when you have LeBron James, one of the most famous people in the world, the, the most famous athlete in the world, arguably making a move like that, people will step up and get behind him and try to support him and Who knows, maybe more more than just athletes would also step up and do a work stoppage in other trades, other areas outside of sports. That's where I thought it was gonna lead to. I thought at some point I'd have to take off from work. I'd be like, nah, man. We got we got social injustices. I I can't I I can't be
0: working. (laughs) I thought this was the moment. You know what I mean? I thought, oh shit, yo, this might be the revolution is popping off. We might be a little early. (laughs) But um Yeah, you know, i share the same kind of disappointment with you, but on the flip side, to not seem like a complete asshole, like, I get why LeBron reached out to Obama. They're two black men that, like, really, like, dull cliches, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and work with what you got to make the success that you achieve, you know what I mean? And that's, you know, they're two—obviously, I'm not letting my own personal feelings of Obama get in the way, you know what I mean? Because I'm, I'm assuming you and I have s- share similar kind of views on the dude. But I Which see are, why wait, LeBron. I I don't know. I don't bro, know. We're not we're do. not gonna get there right now. We're okay. not gonna get there right now. I just like <laughs> just want to make this point that I get why LeBron reached out to Obama. You know what I mean? To make to in a powerful moment like that to to reach out and like try to solicit his advice. I get it. It's just I'm not a fan of it. Same as you. And I'm not a fan of the outcome. But I mean, we're here now. We just had playoff games the last couple of days, so you know. What are we going to do? Like, like we already know what's going on. The real movement is in the streets. Like, actual people out there making, like, shaking up the fucking, the whole status quo right now. Just on the streets, marching, protesting, doing what it takes. And, you know, sometimes, like, I get pissed off at the old cliche, like, you know, the best way to achieve change is vote. Like, why not both? You know what I mean? Like, protest, demonstrate, make the vo- voices heard, and yeah, like, go ahead, vote the fucking orange fucker out the office, you know, because... If he gets another four years, bro, we are done, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's my that's my optimistic prediction. It's a wrap for for this great empire. Yeah. <laughs> we just went off a whole major tangent, but we want to circle that back to the union and uh, strike talk, whatever. No, yeah, no, it worked out. I mean,
1: <laughs> <laughs> like I, I wish there was a sent uh, an idea that viewers boycott the NBA, but that's not gonna happen. Everybody's watching the playoffs. I yeah. personally haven't watched a game in the last week. I didn't feel like
0: it. Um same, same. And I mean I couldn't but even if I had time I probably would have chose to watch something else.
1: Yeah, and I can only imagine how difficult it must be for the players who did want to go on the work stoppage or continue it to go back and to try to continue playing at their hardest at, at the highest level possible and go for a championship. But I, I I really don't think this is a year to worry about a championship. There's so much, so many bigger things in the NBA that's going on. But you know, at this point, what are you going to do? Um, I yeah. I figured that was a very missed, a huge missed opportunity for for everybody in this country to really move forward. But say- it's also unfair for. Sorry, I'll, I'll I'll finish in just a second. It's also unfair for us to put that much pressure on athletes and and the yeah. NBA to really blame them and be like, well, why aren't you stopping work? And it's like you know. How much more am I doing than they are for me to be on my podcast and talk shit about these players for not <laughs> you, for not making money to put food on their table? I, I get that sentiment too. So obviously there's there's a lot more that every everyday people such as you and I can do and should do. And yeah. Um, but yeah, I think LeBron because it was LeBron and he and he ha- he had it in the palm of his hand to make a huge move and he didn't do it. That kind of fucked me up. But yeah, what were you gonna say?
0: Yeah, it is what it is. Like, at this point, LeBron, like, he does a lot. Like, I know you saw that viral tweet. It it was our own Tommy Beer. I say our own because he's part of the Knicks Twitter community. Mm -hmm. But you saw Jared Kushner fuckface from the White House. Like, the fucking silver spoon in his mouth. Spoiled brat motherfucker that lucked into, like, a position of power because his father-in-law cheated his way into the office. Fuck that piece of white, pale, pasty, like, booger snot-looking motherfucker. You know what (laughs) what I mean? Piece of shit. Like, fuck (laughs) that dude. But... He go, comes at LeBron and saying like, "Oh, what he? It's 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 nice for a millionaire to you know threaten to not go to work. What has he done?" And then Tommy just like posted mad screenshots of all the headlines from LeBron through the years of all that he's done in the community. Like say yeah. what you will, he may have faltered here and stepping back in line and going back to work and playing, but that mads been putting his money where his mouth is he, he's he been leading the charge with like you know the whole voting initiative like actually registering folks that would be otherwise hard pressed to register to vote or would be hard to like to go register to vote you know what i mean he's out there driving that cause he's got a whole initiative going out the name is slipping my mind but i, I promise on that on that yeah but on that note to go back to the strike last point it's just like i do think it's respectable that they got their billionaire white owners to at least at the start to the majority of them to op to have them open up their arenas to become voting super centers. And with the with the type of fucking obvious and like out in the open voter suppression that's going on, like what what the Trump admins trying to do to the like the Postal Service, like in plain sight, it's disgusting, bro. So like to have these initiatives to actually like try to kind of su- like cancel out that evil that's going on, I think that helps. Even if it's just a start. Like the thing is though, the players gotta like you know, credit to LeBron for putting his money where his mouth is, like, his entire legacy. But, like, the players as a collective got to put their money where their mouth is and make sure to keep these owners accountable. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I saw a fuck face Chris Mannix, fucking Boston white guy reporter, yeah. say, oh, what more can the billionaires do? I was just like, of course you're saying this. White boy from Boston saying this. Like, what more can the fucking billionaires do? Motherfucker, like, Jeff Bezos himself could solve mad problems in the world just by snapping his fingers. You know what I mean? I bet you got the technology figured out to do that anyway. You know what I mean? Like, if we got Alexa out in the public, imagine what he got in his private stash. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. like to, to be like, oh, what more, can the, uh, what, what more can the billionaire owners, what can they do? What, you know what I mean? Like, I, like obviously, at a minimum... They cool with all these politicians and corrupt pieces of shit in power anyway, so maybe if the the black players can actually push these white billionaires to, like, sway influence for positive change, I think that's a win, you know what I mean? So, like, don't underestimate the power that the players have right now, you know? Like, they may have kind of faltered here, in my perspective, in our perspective, but... They still hold major leverage, I think, you know, moving forward. Like, this yeah. could happen again, and it could be extended. You never know, you know? My
1: worry is how much leverage will they have once the NBA playoffs are over? They're going to be over, I, I want to say maybe a month. I-, I don't know when the season's expected to end. Let's say October. They're going to have about a month, month and a half to the do as for much freedom, as they can.
0: The movement for freedom don't got an expiration date, though. There's no, still but next season, though. it's, you know it's I mean? a lot
1: easier to to force the owners to do something if there are scheduled games to be played and money to be made that's a fact but if if the games don't happen the advertisements the marketing the viewers they get none of those dollars but if there's nothing scheduled and it's just like fucking free agency then you know like what are we gonna do like not pick up the phone kind of thing like that's not gonna affect anybody and that's when people listen is when their their own pockets are being affected and there's won't saying, be after like, the playoffs are over for the tragic time.
0: story of a society though is like these shootings are not going to stop. The radical change we need to ha- to happen like at an instant is not going to happen overnight. So that's why sadly these tragedies are going to keep happening just because how the system's been set up for hundreds of years right now. Until like we get to a position where we can like as a collective society, polit- po- politics wise, actually enact these positive changes, these tragedies are still going to happen. You know, like, until the positive comes, he's so, like, the next time it happens, you know, players are going to get fed up. You know what I mean? You saw George Hill and Fred Van Fleet. They were the most powerful ones, like, in terms of their quotes that were out there publicly. Mm -hmm. Like, George Hill was like, why the fuck are we even here, basically? You know what I mean? Fred Van Fleet was like, what is he even all for? You know? Like, I'm paraphrasing the two gentlemen, but I think, like, that collective anger is not going to go away, you know? Like, I don't, like... That's why I'm saying though, like their leverage is still there, the players still gotta be active and on their toes, you know what I mean? Like, make sure, like, okay, it may have been a misstep for the Bucks not to communicate with the whole union and all the other players, but next time make sure y'all a collective strong unit and listen to motherfucking Kyrie. As dumb and as crazy as that is to say, a year ago I would have said that's crazy as shit. Why would you listen to Kyrie Irving, Mr. Flat Earth? But that man was right from jump, you know what I mean? And you got dudes like Kendrick Perkins that shit on him consistently, you know what I mean? And now Perkins won't even apologize to Kyrie, even though at the end, when like, he was right. He was always right. It's, it's going to be a distraction that it was, you know, and that's why the players realized that too and why we had this movement. So I'm just glad, like, I'm not glad, but it's crazy that we're seeing history in the in the making. You know, that was like super historic moment, bro. When it happened and you and I were texting, I was like, "Bro, the two best teams in the league are saying they're not going to play no no more. Like, how is the season even valid anymore?" You know? It's crazy.
1: Yeah. And we we're, we're going to have to take we're going to have to keep on watching what's going on right now in South Central LA. I don't know
0: if you heard about the
1: 29-year-old guy who was murdered by the LAPD over there.
0: Um yeah, yeah, the fucking sheriff's office, right? Yeah. You hear the yeah. latest news today? I'll, I'll let you fucking break it down.
1: I, I I don't know the latest news. All I know is that he was killed yesterday and there's a lot of protests going on right now over there.
0: It's um, the, the, It was from the sheriff's office. Apparently the dude did it, the, the cop that shot the kid. He did it to earn a, a tattoo of a fucking gang within the sheriff's office. They call themselves the executioners. What the and fuck? part of the initiation is to go out and fucking shoot a minority or some shit like that. Like, this is, like, internal reports that got leaked. Like, that's the type of shit we're fighting against right now, bro. The police, this is, like, people are just now realizing, oh, these white supremacists and, like, terrorist kind of entities are invading the police force. That shit been there, bro. You know what I mean? The KKK never disappeared. They just went and got covert and, 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 like, infiltrated these positions of power. You know what I mean? On the lowest of keys, and it's not even... not even lowest of key. Like, it's been out in plain sight. That's why the black community been terrorized by the police for decades now. You know what I mean? Because, surprise, surprise, the KKK and police are one and the same. You know? Like, this is what this news is fucking fir- confirming for me again. But, I'm gonna get off the soapbox because I'm like, I'm getting pissed now. <laughs> like, legit. It's fucking, that shit pissed me off. Like, are you kidding me, bro? A tattoo? The executioner's That shit ain't even a dope name. Thoughts? No. (laughs) That was a whole lot. My fault.
1: No, no, no. I I, I had no idea about any of that, and it it sucks to say that I'm not surprised, but... And the the thing is that people use 2020 in its own personified way as if come January 1st, 2021, all this shit is over because 2020 is over. That's not going to happen. This shit's going to continue. It's going to continue until there are major reforms made. And... Facts. You know, so... I don't know what else we can add on to this, you know, to this at this point. Just at
0: the bare minimum, just like even if you don't fuck with Biden and Kamala, just go ahead and fucking vote for him. Just like just close your eyes, take your medicine, and just vote for him (laughs) at this point. It's like the bad taste of Robitussin when you were a kid. Just treat it, treat it like that. Because forty-two percent of this of this country, by all accounts in the polls, still support Trump. I. What? Like, bro.
1: <laughs> Yo, uh, apparently there's a poll that 39% of Bengalis are pro Trump
0: in America. I'm not surprised. There's like a large contingent. I don't, I don't know the percentage off t- off but like Latinos, there's a large contingent that support Trump as well. I, I don't like, get it. I
1: truly don't. It's the mongering and it works.
0: It's also Fox News has been the number one source of news by a landslide in this country for like decades now. Like if that's the number one source of news and like literally it came out of federal court because they got sued for like their factual inaccuracies. A Fox executive under court mandate on, on under oath said, or oh, our viewers know we're here to entertain, not provide news, not provide facts. They said this in court and it just slipped under the radar in 2020, bro. <laughs> this Everything I'm saying right now, our listeners can just go Google and find it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's why I'd be walking around just pissed all the time because I'd be seeing this <laughs> shit. I'm just like, yeah fuck all right you know, what? you know what i mean like they've been poisoning the nation's mind i'm going on a super rant right now but fuck it time Go is tough it. like they've been pois- poisoning that's why you, like the whole meme about the facebook parents the facebook grandparents they get their news from facebook and then they get the news from fucking fox neither entity is big on fact checking at all they fucking despise that shit so what, what what's gonna happen they get polluted into like supporting a, a fucking figure like trump What a wild era we live in, these four years, bro. All right, I'm done. Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say, you know,
1: that being said, it might be a good idea for you and I to take a quick break before we talk a little bit about the NBA playoffs. So we'll be right back.
0: All right, Tatala, the board is yours.
1: I am ready. Let's go to white people for 400.
0: (laughs) Okay, let's try it. Your friend, Karen, brings her potato salad to your cookout. Uh Uh-oh, T'Challa. I
1: think I'm getting the hang of this. Before I answer, a few questions. This woman, Karen, she is Caucasian, eh? Yes. And she has her own recipe for potato salad, eh? Yeah, yeah. Ah, I understand. It is noble that she would volunteer to cook for everyone. And although I have never had potato salad. Of course. I sense that this white woman does not season her food. That's right. And and if she does, it is only with a tiny bit of salt. That's exactly right. And no paprika. No paprika, no. And she will probably add something unnecessary like raisins. I know, right? So, something tells me that I should say... Say it! Oh, hell no, nah, Karen. <laughs> Keep your brand ass potato salad to yourself. Yes!
0: <laughs> yes! <laughs> Woo! Oh, man! You got it, T'Challa! Give me this! Yeah. <laughs> Black Panther, welcome to Black Jeopardy! Woo. How many square feet is that? For three bedrooms? Oh, what a deal. Oh, well, the sound of white people shopping nearby for real estate means that the fun is over. <laughs> so, uh, let's take a break. We'll be right
1: back with more Black David And we're back with another therapy edition of the Nickus show. We're just – Therapeutic ta- brother. What's that?
0: Therapeutic brother.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Therapeutic edition of the Nickis show. And, you know, we talked a lot of heavy stuff earlier, but now we're going to really get into what's been going on with the Knicks lately. There are a bunch of headlines that we have yet to cover here on the show. So a few quick ones. Uh the Nick's coaching staff has basically been completed. Tibbs' coaching staff. He added Mike Woodson, Andy Greer, and Dice Yoshimoto to his team. What do you know about these guys?
0: Um. apart from Woody.
1: Woody Woody's obvious, but what do you know about Andy Greer and uh Dice?
0: Um, Dice got a cool name, like, the nickname Dice, you know what I mean? Like, the, weren't you telling me offline that, uh, that's not his full name, it's Di- Dice Dice Suki or Daisuke, right? Dice. D- I think it's pronounced Daisuke, or... It could be Diceke,
1: or it could be Daisuke, apologies for <laughs> the mispronunciation. Yeah, not uh, to offend, yeah, but not, apparently not
0: just... he told folks, yeah, he told folks, yeah, just call me Dice, I'm like, I, yeah. I dig, I dig <laughs> that nickname, but, um, yeah, though, really what I know is just what's been reported, and, um... You know, those guys are like seem to have followed Tibbs everywhere he goes. They're both his; they both seem to be his right hand man. I don't know how that would work. Maybe one's the left hand. I don't know, but <laughs> um, they uh, yeah, they seem like Tibbs' guys. And you know, we've seen like the track record of success the last fifteen years that Tibbs has had. Yeah. Um. So yeah, if they've been they were part of that that journey and they helped him build the system and help him kind of adapt to the times, then I'm all for that that pair. And just looking at the full coaching staff, like. It's a a it's a valid it's a valid staff right there. Yeah, and you know, I pointed out to you, associate head coach Johnny Bryant, so it was kind of an eye opener, you know, and not to take it back to the Royal Ivy days, but hey, Donovan Mitchell watch is officially on, brother. Royal Ivy I wouldn't be Man had one job. Man
1: had one job and he got paid so much and he couldn't do it. Yo, when Ivy. I saw the rumor that he
0: was just like, I understand, you know, like i, 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 I cool with you going to Brooklyn, or I saw some shit like that come out. I was like, get get this fool off the team. He's over here collecting a paycheck. What does he actually do? You know, like if Fisdale did nothing, what like was what did yeah. Ivy do? But, but back yeah.
1: to back to Andy Greer and Dice Yoshimoto. Andy Greer was actually Tibbs's one of his main defensive guys in his Bulls days, and uh, he was part of. Jeff Van Gundy's early Knicks or Jeff Van Gundy's Knicks coaching tenure so he's basically rejoining the Knicks bench and he's had his fair share of experience I think he's a good roundabout as far as the defensive part goes uh, and Dice is basically I think he's more of Tibbs's right hand man he does a lot of the video coordinating a lot of the uh, um, you know
0: Oh, that's major. We we know Tibbs just loves tape. You know what I mean? Like they call him a tape grinder. Apparently, yeah, he's so,
1: basically going to be with him all night, watching the watching the tape of Julius Randle spinning. Just in the
0: dark room alone. Yeah. The occasional back rub here and there.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you got <laughs> it. Nice. I them dudes get down.
1: <laughs> um, and uh, of course, Mike Woodson was probably it was part of the last best Knicks team that we've seen, uh, which. You know, it, it's it's a good thing. He he's had his fair share of experience, and it's a good complementary and it's a good complementary piece with the young guys that the Knicks have, and Johnny Bryant, and um, I think Dice is himself is actually pretty young, so I think overall the Knicks head coaching or Knicks coaching staff, it's a great blend and mixture of pieces that complement one another. We got Tibbs, we got Johnny Bryant, we have basically player development, hard nosed defense. But at the same time, Mike Woodson's uh, fatherly love, but Dice's video coordination skills and um, Andy hey man. What are we doing here?
0: <laughs> We're not even giving any art analysis here. It's like- <laughs> My man Dice, he knows exactly how to load the USB drive with the right videos. His playlist for Mitch Robinson's Like I I've been looking into it.
1: I, I don't know much about this guy. Like Yoshimoto, like he's a... He's a fucking mystery man at this point like, i I don't know what he does honestly all I they know all are at this he, point he's good like, at I'll, he's
0: good I'll, at loading up the videos aside from Woody, I wouldn't be able to point any of these guys out of a lineup you know what I mean I'm just gonna trust the reporting <laughs> uh trust Tibbs's expertise you know like we could wax poetic about Tibbs but assistant coaching like I mean I don't know for sure he's a good hire. If I like, he came from the Popovich system, you know. So
1: yeah, but I mean, Kenny Payne and Johnny Bryan, I think they both have records that we can look
0: positively at. Kenny Payne. Oh yeah, obviously. I mean, I'm talking yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking yeah. shit. Like, I'm just saying, like, at a fan level, like, there's only so much we could talk about. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, especially with assistants. But yeah, I mean, I, I really, really do think that's a good, good, good fucking staff. Yeah. Like. Um, the
1: next, the next thing I'm on the list as far as rumors go, or for the Knicks in general, is a rumor about Victor Oladipo wanting out of Indiana. And obviously, if a player wants out, he's automatically going to get connected with the Knicks. We here at yeah. Nickish, I bl- <laughs> at least this side of Nickish, does not want Victor Oladipo on the team. I don't know about you.
0: Yeah, and then like a peek behind the curtain is you don't even know about the rumor up until like a half a second ago. I, so I mean, hey, you, gotta, you gotta pull my spot here. I see yeah. you. I mean, no, no, no. I'm giving you professional credit. You gotta. Like, this is what we do on the fly. We just come up with takes. We coming at you with the takes on the fly. Mm. You know. So like my man just formulated the full, the whole point of view. Like he's got it on on lock right now. I'm gonna <laughs> just speak my part first. You know. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean. Oladipo, he had a nice... He had a hot summer with Indiana that one year in 2018. You know what I mean? Like, he had a good year. But um, even just before this devastating injury, like, his numbers were down all across the board, both, like, raw production-wise, just the regular stats, and also just efficiency-wise across the board. And then he had the devastating knee injury. And I don't know about you, bro, but the Knicks have a history of going after, like, old, quote-unquote, stars that are coming off major injuries. Like, this, like, if we were to... If 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 we were to go after Oladipo, it would just give me just like Steve Francis vibes when like yeah. Larry Brown traded for him, and like he was not the Steve Francis that like became a household name at that point. He was like a fucking a flickering candle, and like Larry Brown's plan was like, all right, I'll get him, put you with Steph Marbury, who like you know I loved the dude as a kid, but his marbles weren't all there. So like we saw how that worked <laughs> out, and with Oladipo, it's like. I don't know we like I just don't want to go after a player that like who I personally don't believe is a legitimate all-star like that, you know, cuz I like it almost seemed like that season in Indiana or it was like a fairy tale season, it almost seemed like a mirage cuz it was just like night and day when he came back the next season and he just did not look the same. That shot wasn't as pure, you know, cuz that would like really open shit up for him cuz he's an athlete for sure. I mean Due credit to him for really that, that summer before his breakout. He did put in the work to transform his body, but I'm just not a fan of giving up any kind of real compensation for a dude that's 29, about to be 30, coming off a major injury, and really wasn't probably, like, elite to begin with, you know? Yeah. So that's just my take on the matter.
1: I'm pretty sure he's 28, about to be 29, but not that that really makes a difference. He's, getting, he's closer to 30 than he isn't at this point, and he's... I I think it'd be fair to say he's not a superstar who's gonna try to get paid like one. He after he ruptured his quad, he just hasn't been the same. Like you mentioned, he got the twenty seventeen twenty eighteen MIP, got the got the All Star nod. He's he's a great shooter, a good guy. I don't think he's anything like Steve Francis in that sense, as far as personality goes. But the Knicks aren't ready to get a player of of his caliber at this point with with the dollars I mean, that I... he's gonna want to get. With the
0: with the not risk involved with him, yeah, not to cut you off, but I don't want to give him the credit of saying he's a good shooter. He had like one season of good shooting, and then like just look at the numbers, bro. It's just like kind of eye opening that like he did drop off, and he wasn't really injured at that point mm-hmm. that we know of. But yeah, yeah, fair. I mean, I just remember him being close so like, to forty percent so.
1: that one season. Yeah, and yeah. I figured it was he'd yeah. be closer to that, but I mean. I haven't looked at the numbers. If you're saying that it dropped off that much, then shit. That's that's even a bigger reason why we shouldn't sign him, especially when 2021 is supposed to be a big year for the NBA with the draft class and free agency. It's going to be crazy on both ends. So I think the Knicks just need to be patient for another year, ride this season out, try to get the best player on the best deal this time around and not go for Victor Oladipo or other, other injury-prone players who aren't going to really make your team that much better. The Pacers were great, but they had a lot of pieces that worked well together and they had Nick McMillan who was who was an excellent coach and he should not have been fired from the Pacers in my opinion. But you know, it's neither here nor there.
0: Um Same. I think Oladipo was just was a result a of Nick. good coaching and a good team. My side note Say was gonna again? be or side comment was just gonna be that was a my side note or side comment was gonna be that Nick that, that was such a Nickish ass move, like just firing a good coach like that. You know what I mean? Like, why? Mm-hmm. Especially firing him a week after they picked up his option. That was some grimy shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. that just shows me it was a reactionary-ass hire. And from my perspective, reactionary-ass moves from an organization are not a good sign, you know? But who knows? Maybe they got somebody in tuck. Like, I heard the latest rumor is Indiana's trying to go after Dan Tony. Donnie Walsh and D'Antoni reunion, you know? But yeah, I mean, back to Oladipo. Just wanted to cut, just wanted to make that comment there because that was a stupid ass move. Like Nate McMullen should still be the head coach there.
1: Yeah, they did get swept, but I mean, he had T.J. Warren playing like a fucking superstar, you know. So, like that that goes a long way. You he get... got
0: swept. At... Yeah, it was just because he got swept, but even Sabonis was injured. Yeah. Oladipo was injured. His two all stars were out. Like, mm-hmm. what do you? What else were you supposed to expect? But. Yeah, continue. My fault.
1: No, that's about it. I mean, I think the end point is I don't think anyone, anyone who really understands Knicks basketball, doesn't want Victor Oladipo on the team. I don't think anybody ever did, and I, he's just not good enough and is just way too expensive. And we like to hope that the front office isn't going to make the same mistakes as previous regimes and go after a guy yeah. like him because we don't need him right now. That's that's my yeah. that's my thing with with Oladipo. And it
0: almost to me just like does it even make makes sense, because all these other reports we're seeing from all sorts of Knicks reporters, like, they're all saying that, like, the Knicks are, like, kind of polling their assets for the next young star that gets disgruntled gets disgruntled or pissed off and wants to get out. So, like, Oladipo is not exactly a quote-unquote young star, and, like, I looked it up. Me and him are the same age, but, I mean, I'm being a little washed, so I know that dude is very washed after a very serious knee injury. <laughs> you know? So, I'm just saying, like, he doesn't seem young star to me Devin Booker he's a pipe dream for sure but that's a young star Donovan Mitchell I mean I made the side comment earlier like Johnny Bryant like he was boys with Mitchell and he's an associate head coach that's a very significant significant kind of connection there and I also think Mitchell's just fed up with Utah you know but not yep. to go too far off on a tangent
1: disgruntled but. stars happen every year Joel Embiid is another name exactly. that we should be paying attention to maybe even fucking or ben Simmons, Simmons. Yeah, I'd love to Yo, have Simmons. we got
0: we got a clutch client. I mean, yeah. we got Mitch Robinson. Ben Simmons is uh, the clutch um, uh, prince. You know what I mean? Like, isn't that what LeBron called him? Like, he called himself king, and he said uh, Simmons is a young prince for some shit. Or yeah, clutch or some I shit. I don't so. know. And it, it really Lee depends LeBron, on Instagram comment. It's going to depend on <laughs> yeah, who, yeah, who the next club.
1: head coach is the Sixers and see if the, I, I I don't think they're going to try to trade them until at least a third of the season's over and see what the new coach can do with those guys now that brett brown is fired so we'll have to see by i think a third of the way into the season we might be able to you know have an opportunity Doesn't not, doesn't have to be a good one but at least an opportunity for trade for, to trade for one of those guys because if we do have anything we do have some some assets as far as as far as it goes something that it hasn't been common in the last
0: fucking 20 years exactly yeah and a short point or a short summary of like that whole point is just like yo, let's just save our assets for somebody that's worth it. Now you and I are both in agreement. Victor Oladipo is not worth it, ain't you know?
1: it? Yep, he just ain't Facts. it. All right, I think uh, we're pretty much good on this episode. Um, something else again that we did touch on on our last episode is that we're gonna do this thing that we're calling the Nickish Cup of Coffee, which is gonna be our morning episode, and. You know, Look out for that. That should be happening this week as our first 30-minute episode where we just run down what happened the previous night and just update everyone on whatever is going on in, in basketball at that point. Quick 30-minute episode to get your morning started. So look out for that. Uh, in the meantime, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Sportscaster, at Show. Check out Nothing But Nick's, our partner uh, with all this Nick's media content. Simeon Russell has a great channel going on right now, and all of his teammates with the, the nothing but Knicks network, and yeah, just stay stay strong. It's a tough time this year. Just make sure you're supporting Black Lives Matters. That's it. Still matters. It'll always matter. And it's it, that the whole issues of social injustice is not going to go away. Register to vote. Just you know, be open minded to all the issues going around going on around the world, but also try to make sure you're keeping yourself. Healthy, uh, mentally and and physically, and all that. So, it's my two cents. Well said.
0: Well said. Yeah. I mean, other than that, I would just say stay safe. We are still in the pandemic. Um, yeah. Rest in peace, Brown Taylor. Rest in peace, George Floyd. Rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. Rest in peace, Kobe. And also, rest in peace, John Thompson. A lot, a lot. Like we keep going, but. Yeah, I mean, I echo the same sentiments as uh, my partner, so I guess that'll be it. It's not enough, right? Yep, take care, everyone. Peace. Peace.